0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: I'm going to uh, give you a little test. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Medical Disorders, or DSM, they call it, lists hundreds of phobias. Here's your test. See if you can guess some of these, Okay, Arachnophobia is what? Very good. Every class got an A on that one. Fear of spiders. Testophobia. Fear of taking tests. Very good. Decidophobia. Right, the fear of making decisions. Ambulophobia. Fear of walking. To ambulate means to walk. It's kind of a medical term. Um, Anuptophobia. That's the fear of staying single. Some of you have that. (laughs) Ablutophobia. That's the fear of washing or bathing or shower. I hope none of you have that. (laughs) Aviatophobia. Fear of flying, very good. How about chromatophobia? Chromatophobia is the fear of making money. I don't think anybody has that. Does anybody have the fear of making money? Okay. Ergophobia, I think kids have this. It's the fear of work. <laughs> hydrophobia. Nope, it's the fear of crossing bridges. I have that. Anybody else have that just by chance? That's a good number of y'all. Oh, we should get a van and go back and forth across the bridge and then we'll get over our fear. Not. Nah, I, I don't know why, I get, I'm serious. I go over across the bridge and we're going across the bridge. I can't stand it, man, I can't stand it. I have to take my son, you know, Rodney Jr., the big guy who fills up the cage. Um, <laughs> I have to, like, we are in the car together, and I usually, t- I take his hand, and he, and he holds my hand. We're going across a bridge, and he's like, it's going to be okay, Dad. I'm like, uh, 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 are, we, are we across yet? Are we across yet? Nope, 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 nope. Are we halfway? Are we halfway? Nope, nope, nope. It's going to be okay, Dad. Dad, I'm sweating. My palms are sweating. I'm breathing hard. Egyptophobia, that's the fear of crossing bridges. Here's one for you. Hamartophobia. Anybody know the Greek word for sinning or for sin? Hamartia it means to miss the mark. Hamartophobia is the fear of sinning. And I hope we all have that. Here's one for you, hippo to monstro quipedilio Right, that's the fear of long words. No. papaphobia. that's the fear of the Pope. Ictophobia, fear of fish, very good. How about (laughs) tackophobia? Somebody said fear of being tacky. (laughs) No, No, but you should fear being tacky. (laughs) Tacky's not good. It's actually the fear of speed. And uranophobia, that's the fear of heaven. I hope no one has that. And I hope no one has this homilophobia. That's the fear of sermons. (laughs) I hope nobody has that. And how about this one? Phobia, phobia. Fear of phobias. I think the person who wrote this had that phobia, a fear of phobias. This morning or this afternoon, listen, Jesus is going to talk to us about phobias. Jesus is going to talk to us about fear about worry. Got a pen? You got a pad? I'm going to give you five reasons why we shouldn't worry or be anxious. Three of them are negative and two of them are positive. Number one, if you're taking notes, worry is destructive. We're going to find that in verse 22. Five reasons not to worry. Number one, worry is destructive. we gonna find that in verse 22. And then secondly, worry is deceptive. We'll find that in verses 23 and 24. Thirdly, worry is the formative. I'll explain it in a minute. We'll find that in verse 29. And then here's two positives. Remember, three negatives, two positives. Here's two positives. Don't worry and remember God's word. We'll find that in verse 31. And then finally, we need to not worry and remember God's heart. We'll find that in verse 32. Five reasons not to worry or be anxious. Number one, worry is destructive. Number two, worry is deceptive. Number three, worry is deformative. Number four, remember God's word. And then finally, we need to remember God's heart. Luke chapter 12, I've titled this sermon, Don't Worry, Just Be Faithful. Luke chapter 12 beginning in verse 22. Saints, if you're looking at verse 22, say amen. Amen. Oh, some of y'all ain't looking. Verse 22, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. That's better. Then he said in verse 22 to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat, nor about the body and what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will your father clothe you, O you, of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things, the nations of the world, watch verse 30, for all these things, the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. But in verse 31, can somebody read it with me? But seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. For in verse 34, will you read that with me? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. At this point, Jesus is in his last six months of ministry on earth. The religious leaders have decided that they want to look for an opportunity to trap Jesus in his words and to outsmart him. Can we say mistake? Whenever, listen, you look for an opportunity to trap God or outsmart him, you are in trouble. Can we say amen? Amen. Chapter 12, verse 1, if you were with us in this chapter, Jesus begins to read them the riot act about their hypocrisy. And he says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, remember, I told you that means to be constantly taking heed to yourselves and watching out for the infectious leaven of the Pharisees. Now, were you with me last week? Just by a show of hands, were you with me last week? Okay, that was a good number of you. Then you know that while Jesus was teaching, there was a man who interrupts Jesus' sermon and he says, Jesus, tell my brother to give me my money, to give me my inheritance, And Jesus said, man, who made me an arbitrator over you? You know, someone once said, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And the heart of the matter was a heart of covetousness. He was trying to get Jesus to get something that he thought he needed. Then Jesus told us last week a parable about a man who spent his whole life amassing material gain and then said to himself, I have everything that I could ever want. He said, I will, I'm set for life. I've got so much. He said, I've got so much that I'm going to even start talking to myself. He said, soul, you know you're rich when you start talking to yourself because you got so much money. He said, soul, relax and eat and drink and be merry. He was thinking that security is found in the abundance of things we possess. And Jesus said, fool, today your soul will be required of you. Now, again, the last time I pointed out last week, let me just make it clear. There's nothing wrong with money or wealth. The Bible does not say that there's a problem with money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. If you know that, say amen. amen. Okay. Money is not evil. The internet is not evil. It's what you do with it that can become evil or not. You can use money for the glory of the kingdom. Or you can use money to be destructive to the kingdom. The internet for the glory of the kingdom. The internet to be destructive to your life. So there's nothing wrong with money. Some of the richest people we know were in the Bible. David, Solomon, Job, Joseph, Daniel, Abraham. Isn't it very interesting? Have you read your Bibles? Abraham had great wealth, but he never owned a house. Abraham, if you're taking notes, you write this down, was a man of the tent and the altar. He was a man of the tent and of the altar. A tent defined his relationship with the world. It's temporary. An altar was there to define his relationship with the next world. A tent because he found no continuing city here. He was not holding on. He built an altar because he knew the shedding of blood was providing an entrance into that kingdom, the next world. But there's something wrong when you try to store up wealth for yourself here on earth, not realizing that you cannot take it with you. Now, isn't it interesting that right after Jesus is talking about the rich fool, that Jesus starts giving us some practical instructions concerning worry. Isn't that interesting? Now, you understand, look at me, give me your attention. You understand that the Bible is not written in chapter and verse the book of John, the book of Matthew, the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Luke, was all written as one manuscript, one continuous letter. Chapter and verse were put in place by man for easy read for us. So Jesus leaves the topic of talking about the rich fool, and now he starts to talk about money. Isn't that interesting? Because oftentimes, I think here's the connection, oftentimes when you have a lot of money, it causes you to worry. If for no other reason, you got to worry about how you will keep that much money. You got to worry about who loves you just because they love you and not love you for your money. That's why nowadays people get married and you got money. First thing people talking about is what? Prenup. They need a prenup. Why? Because I don't know whether you love me for my money or whether you love me because you love me. I don't know. Money, having a lot of money, brings its own set of problems. Now, i got to be honest with you. I I may like to experience some of those problems. (laughs) Anybody else? I might like to experience maybe just a few of them, but not too many, but just a few. But money brings its own set of problems. But Jesus, right after talking about the rich fool, now he starts to talk about worry. Number one in our outline, worry is destructive. Notice in verse 22, please look at it again. Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, what did he says? Do not do what, saints? Worry about your life and what you will eat and what you will wear. And this is a toughie for most U.S. American citizens, isn't it? You know, we're not talking about an occasional bouts of concern and worry. We're talking about worry that is debilitating, worry that is immobilizing, worry that is destructive. Did you know that worry, listen at this, did a little research here. Worry is one of our nation's biggest problems. The Mayo Clinic claims that 80 to 85% of the total caseload is due directly to worry and anxiety. Many experts say, get this, that coping with stress is the number one health problem of our day. Our leading, one leading physician has stated that in his opinion, 70% of all medical patients could cure themselves if they only got rid of their worries and their fears. Did you hear that? 70% of all the medical patients that he sees could cure themselves. If they got rid of their worries and their fears, we know that medical science has closely tied worry to health, to heart problems, to blood pressure problems, to ulcers, to thyroid malfunctions, to migraine headaches, a host of other stomach disorders, and among other things. For example, 25 million Americans have high blood pressure due to stress and anxiety. One million more develop high blood pressure each year. 8 million have stomach ulcers every week. 112 million people take medication for stress related symptoms. Pharmaceutical companies are making billions off of antidepressants every year. Have you noticed how many antidepressant drugs are on the market every single day? I have time, my, my schedule is a little flexible. And there's times where I'm home at four o'clock, five o'clock, and there's times where I'm in the office at ten PM at night. And from time to time I'm 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 home and I just have a TV on, just chilling out or whatever. And one day I noticed how many commercials there were for antidepressant or anti anxiety medications. Pharmaceutical companies are making billions of dollars every year selling medications to people because of depression. When in fact, honestly, I don't believe, here's the thing I do not believe that many of these people are really truly depressed to the point where they need medication. Are there some? Yes. But what they're doing is writing prescriptions because there is Benjamins on the table. Benjamins are the face that's on the hundred dollar bill, y'all. Some of y'all are like Benjamins, what does Benjamins have to What does Benjamins have to do with it? I did not know. Because money has to do it. There's money on the table. So they're writing prescriptions and, 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 and writing drugs to people who really don't need it. And the fact is, a lot of times, those drugs, and doctors have proven this, many times, those drugs make their depression or make their symptoms even worse. People have gotten worse by taking them. Sometimes it's almost like the cure is worse than the disease. And they're just writing scripts and making money. Jesus is saying your life shouldn't be characterized by worry. Are you listening? Jesus says your life shouldn't be characterized by worry because Jesus knows what worry will do to you. So worry is destructive and not only to you physically, but also to your faith. Worry is destructive. Jesus says there's more to life than just sitting there fat and happy and well-dressed. Point number two, worry is deceptive in verses 23 and 24. Life is more. Go ahead and peruse your Bible, verse 23 and 24. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Well, how much more value are you than the birds? You see, worry deceives us into thinking that what you're, what you're gonna eat, and what you're gonna wear, and what you're, where you're gonna go on vacation—they, they, you know—they're like that's all life is made of. Keep in mind now, the audience that Jesus is talking to is vast and it's diverse. There's carpenters and fire and and and, and farmers and vine dressers and all kinds of people in the crowd. So when Jesus said, "Don't worry about your life," They thought about their gardens and their fields. We think of what we will eat. We think of Foo Lion. Or we think of Harris Teeter. Or we think of Applebee's. But these people were depending on rain for a successful crop. We worry about having enough money to buy food. They worry about planting and reaping and rain. We think of what we will wear. We think of Nordstrom's. Or we think of JCPenney's. Or for some of y'all uppity folk. J.C. (laughs) Penez. You see, they would think, y'all follow me here. They would think the process of healthy sheep for wool, for food to feed them so that they can be healthy, and the process of getting that wool and then making those clothes. So in a real sense, Jesus is saying, don't worry about how you will take care of yourself. And then he gives them an example. Jesus says, look at the birds. If you don't want to worry, then you need to do some bird watching. Now, have you ever seen, listen, look at me. Have you ever seen a skinny bird in a fast food parking lot? No, I will never... I will never forget this. One time, I was sitting in Papa Lou's. Well, actually, what used to be Papa Luz on Western Boulevard. Y'all remember? Anybody remember Papa Luz on Western Boulevard? They, they, they're not Papa Luz no more. Now there's some Greek Greek gyro place, or they sell. So, but they used to be Papa Luz. Anybody know? Let's raise your hand. Papa Luz, Okay. Okay, that's some of y'all. Okay. Remember, they used to have the best chick kicking fingers, and the dip that goes in them, and they had fries, and they had onion rings. So I'm meeting this person there one time. I haven't even had breakfast or lunch. I'm getting hungry thinking about that. And so, you know, I'm meeting this person there one time, and I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for them to show up. And I'm watching this bird. And this bird is walking around with this ginormous onion ring in its mouth. <laughs> this onion ring is like super huge. I mean, it's stuff that happens, and like, you will never, ever, ever forget it. This is indubitably in my mind. So this bird is walking around, it's got this ginormous onion ring in his mouth. This onion ring is so huge, the bird could do hula hoops with this onion ring. I mean, it was absolutely huge. And I thought to myself, now the birds know where to hang out. The birds know where to hang out. If you worry, just go, look, if you're a worrier, just go into a parking lot of a fast food restaurant, and God will give you onion rings. That's all I want to say about that. (laughs) You know, somebody else put it like this. Listen to this. Said the robin to the sparrow, I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so, said the sparrow to the robin. I think it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. I like that. I believe the birds are sitting in the trees wondering why we're running around so frantic and worrying. Will God provide? Look at verse 25. Worry can't lengthen your life and you can't worry yourself taller and you won't live any longer worrying. You'll only shorten your life. You know, people have worried themselves to death, but they haven't worried themselves to a longer life. Think about that. Well, look at verse 27. Jesus says, if you can't conquer worry by bird watching, then go out and stare at the flowers of the field. Look how beautiful and colorful they are and know that God will provide for you. Verse 28, if God closed the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, why don't you believe he will take care of you? Am I talking to you? Why don't you believe that he will take care of you? why don't you believe that he'll take care of you? Oh, you of little faith. If he takes care of the birds, he is the point, my people. If he takes care of the birds, then he will take care of who? You. If he takes care of the flowers, then he will take care of who? You. You see, the problem isn't God. The problem is you. The problem is your faith. The problem is your lack of faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Can I tell you something about worry? Can I tell you something about unforgiveness? Can I tell you something about holding bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, and all of these things, covetousness, and all of these things? If you hold on to those things, you cannot move forward with what God wants to do. In other words, you can't hold on to the past and, and and grab on to the future at the same time. Can somebody say amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to let go of the past. You got to let go of that unforgiveness. You got to let go of that bitterness. You got to let go of that covetousness. You got to let go of that bad relationship. You got to let go of that 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 bitter attitude that you have. You gotta let that go. If you're gonna grab hold of the future, you gotta let it go. You can't be a worrywart. You know, there are some people, they are just worry warts. Anybody know people like that? You just worry about everything. You get a little, a little pain in your chest, and you go, oh, I must be having a heart attack. It's like, well, wait a minute. Could it be the salsa and the tacos and the french fries that you ate last night and it's heartburn. You're not having a heart attack, you need some tums. For the tummy. Tums for the tummy. But oh man, I'm having a heart attack. Some people are just worried, watch. Or oh, they got like a little bump, a little tiny bump. Oh man, what if it's a tumor? Man, maybe it's the seven signs of cancer. You know, some people are so driven by worry, their blood type is B negative. You need to write that down, don't you? Because <laughs> that's some of y'all. You know I'm speaking to you. You know it. Listen, we live in a culture where we, our culture creates, it causes people to want to worry.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.